Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Janelle Feller. And I'm Katie Nordby. These are the stories of Alice Van Alstine and Elijah Running Bear Diaz. Alice May Barnes graduated at the top of her class from Albia High School in 1965. She was described as an active student, highly intelligent, outgoing, and creative. Albia, Iowa has a population of less than 4,000, and it looks like it might be a suburb of Des Moines in the center of the state. Alice was a sharpshooter on the rifle team at Iowa State University. She was studying veterinary science, but ran out of money that she needed to finish school. She had hoped to illustrate a veterinary textbook someday. She also enjoyed art, poetry, and writing. Alice married Lee Harlow Andre in the Mormon Church on July 15, 1967. Together they had four children, April, Lance, Crystal, and Eric. Andre was physically abusive to Alice when she was pregnant, resulting in two children who were born handicapped. A third child suffered from epilepsy. Alice divorced Andre on January 3, 1975. She married Merlin Everett Van Alstine on the same day. They divorced less than a year later. On the evening of March 26, 1976, Andre stopped by Alice's home at 4,329th Street in Polk County, Iowa. Andre wanted custody of the three children. At that time, three of the children lived with Alice and one was living in an institution. Alice put the children to bed, and when the children woke up, they said that mommy wasn't there. She has not been seen since. Alice had left behind her coat, shoes, purse, money. The car door was left open and the keys were in the ignition. Temperatures would have been close to freezing at that time of the year. Inside, there was a broken bottle on the floor and some bullet casings um, spread around. This may not be significant because Alice and Andre were known to practice shooting indoors using walls, mattresses, and magazines to absorb the bullets. Alice's neighbors reported her missing on April 4th, nine days after she was reported last seen. Some reports have her missing on April 2nd. Did she not have family in the area or somebody that would have been that she would have talked to normally or that seems like a long time it doesn't appear and and it doesn't appear as if she did and uh you know she's got she has three children um all with special needs um the you know the children would have been ranging in age from you know at, at the oldest, they would have been 10 years old. The oldest one would have been 10 years old. So they would have all been really pretty small children. Um, so were the kids left alone for those nine days? Well, it's not clear what okay. day she actually went missing. But yes, okay. yes, they were left sure. for those those seven or nine days right. um, before, before she was reported missing. Okay. And so what would have happened to those three little kids... 
as they try to care for themselves. The only good thing is is that there are neighbors watching. Right. And so, um, but you just wonder how, how long, what happened. Uh, so, even though Andre had, la- had seen her the last night that she was seen alive, and he had beat, beaten her while she was pregnant, he said that he did not believe that foul play was involved in her case. Andre said that? Yes. So Alice and Andre had been members of the Minutemen. Historically, Minutemen were young volunteers who were self-trained in weaponry and military tactics during the American Revolution. They were young, mobile, and able to be rapidly deployed in a minute, hence the name. They served as a model for the modern-day National Guard. The Minutemen that that Alice belonged to, um, so I'm going to call it the modern-day Minutemen, uh, they were organized in the 1960s. They were heavily armed and prepared to suppress individuals or groups who were deemed un-American, specifically communists and immigrants. So it was difficult to find out a lot of information about the Minutemen because they are still active. Sure. Um, and without, uh, it was find hard information that wasn't um, heavily swayed one way or the Propaganda other. Propaganda or something. Right. That sure. isn't. That isn't. Um, that may be exaggerating the truth or, or, or whatever, but the things that I could find that were specific to them is, is that they were really anti-immigrant. Initially, they had been started to, um, to keep the communists out sure. of the United States, and so, um, but they were always very heavily armed, and um, they were a group of individuals that had their own agenda. Sure. Alice had left the Minutemen shortly before her disappearance. She had given police a sworn statement about their weapon stockpile, their ammunitions, and their explosives. Alice's family believes that she was assassinated by members of the Minutemen. Alice told her father, Howard Barnes, that she felt that they were going to kill her. There is no evidence that the Minutemen were involved in her disappearance. Authorities believe that Alice was taken against her will. Foul play is suspected in her disappearance and her case remains unsolved. Alice May Van Alstine was 28 years old when she went missing in 1976. She stood 5 foot 7 and weighed 128 pounds. She is a Caucasian female with brown hair and blue eyes. Her maiden name is Barnes. If you know anything about the disappearance of Alice May Van Alstine, please contact the Polk County Sheriff's Office at 515-286-3333. So the question was asked, um, did she just take off? And she was a devoted mother. Yeah. These three children needed her. They were little. Right. And especially at the thought that he might, you know, if she were to leave, he would get them. And if he was abusive to her, there's a very good chance that he would be abusive to the children. Right. She just wouldn't have done that. She wouldn't have done that. No. And, uh, and you know, there's, there is, um, at least two of the children had a disability. Um, not clear which, what disabilities they might have had, but uh, they were, they would have been, they were vulnerable, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't have left them. She wouldn't have left the car door open right. with the keys in the ignition. Because yeah. that would have run the battery out, and she wouldn't have been able to, to go anywhere to get the kids to the hospital emergency if she would have needed to. Mm-hmm. Those just aren't things that a mother would intentionally do. No. 
Um, and I wasn't familiar with the Minutemen. It's not something I had heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just really wasn't familiar with them. And I think that there's probably certain times where they've been more uh, prominent than others. Yeah. That, that, that It sounds kind of like, though, that they've always been kind of an underground, informal group of people with a similar mindset. Sure. And I think that there are different times where they have popped up into the consciousness of, the, of certain parts of the country. Sure. So, um, I wasn't I wasn't really familiar with that, but she was a sharpshooter. Right. Would there have been repercussions for leaving the Minutemen and then also telling police? I I think that the the group was described in a couple of different times uh, as vigilante. Okay. So. Um, they were, and what was what was true and what was the, you know, is that they were willing to suppress a group or individuals that they deemed to be un-American. So... Would that be considered un-American? I think that that could be. And I think yeah. that if you are... And they had, they had been active in this time frame and they had bombed a home. Mm-hmm. Um, they had stockpiled ammunition... Or, and weapons maybe in her barn or a, a property that she was familiar with. Sure. So she she really did have some inside knowledge about some of the things that were going on. And they were, it's, I mean, it sounds like they were considered violent. Well, I think I they, mean, they, they weren't the potential these, to be. They weren't these peaceful protests. You know, it wasn't right. like making, doing a demonstration. It was... No, it was, I mean, physical. I think that, that, that again, that it's it's things that they, that they, they were... They, they all, the, the, the common themes were that they were heavily armed and willing to stop an individual or group of people who they felt would have, um, been in opposition to their way of life, which was, was anti-immigrant at the time. And would her divorcing Andre have been considered un-American? I don't their... think so. Okay. Because uh, so this would have been 1976, and I think that divorces were becoming more common. Sure. I don't. I don't think so. Um, and, but he may have still been in the group. Sure. And that may have added to some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is interesting that he saw her the last night that she was seen, right. and um, that he had been a member of the Minutemen. And then she goes missing. Well, he had a connection to her. Yeah. He would have had an in, you know, right. to go to the house or to right. need to speak to her or... Cause her to come outside. Right. Cause her to come outside right. um, and and talk outside, you know, not argue in front of the children when they were sleeping. So mm-hmm. I think that there's... It's very suspicious, but mm-hmm. um, he wasn't named as a active suspect. And I think that one of the things that... You know, this happened in 1965. Um, sorry, sorry, 1976. So these children are, they're, they're, they spent their whole life without their mother. Right. And so there's, um, there's people who still care about Alice Van Alstine and mm-hmm. uh, remember her and, um, But it's interesting. It's an interesting story, and I I really, 
I, I wasn't I wasn't familiar with the Minutemen, and I think that just in this in the the times that we're going through now, I would suspect that a group like that would have actually become more active during these last four years while Trump was president. Mm -hmm. um, they would have found a supportive environment for that kind of um, movement, yeah. and it, it's just it's just interesting. Mm -hmm. Elijah Running Bear Diaz was 20 years old in 2015. He was living in El Cajon, California. El Cajon is located in San Diego County and has a population of roughly 100,000 people. In 2015, Elijah was in poor health due to diabetes. He was only 20 years old. Yeah. He was severely underweight, weak, and had wounds on his foot due to neuropathy, and he used crutches to get around. Because of this, he was unable to drive. This also made it difficult for him to go anywhere on his own. That, that is really upsetting yeah. that somebody would be that sick with diabetes at 20 years old. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the level of that is something that you would expect to see in somebody who was, you know, at the end of their life. Right, um, right. On August 29th, Elijah spent the evening at his mother's house. She drove him to his home on the 700 block of Joey Avenue. It was around 10 p.m. when she dropped him off. She received a text from him at 11.19 p.m. This would be the last time that she would hear from Elijah. The next day, his mother went to his house at 4 p.m. to bring him dinner. Elijah was nowhere to be found. Authorities found that his big screen TV, his bed sheets and comforter, and the contents of his bedroom safe were also missing, as well as a red and black backpack containing about a week's supply of diabetes medication. They also noticed that a single glove and a single sandal were also missing. Elijah's toothbrush, glasses, and phone charger were left behind. The El Cajon Police Department and relatives went door-to-door -door in the neighborhood looking for Elijah or any information pertaining to his disappearance. His family doesn't believe that he left on his own, especially considering his condition. His cell phone was turned off the day after he went missing, and there's been no activity on his bank account or social media account. The family hired a private investigator who called the case highly suspicious. As far as I could find, there has been no new information made public. Elijah is a member of the Barona Indian Tribe in San Diego County, and because of this, he has issued checks by the tribe. He has not picked up a single check since he disappeared. His family believes that he was taken and has been harmed. They do not believe that he is still alive today, but they of course want closure and continue to search for him. Elijah Running Bear Diaz was 20 years old in 2015. He would be 25 this year. He is described as Native American, 5'9 and 110 pounds. He has brown hair and brown eyes. He was last seen wearing a gray sleeveless shirt and white basketball shorts. He wears glasses with black frames, but these were left behind. He has a bear claw tattoo on his inner left arm. He has type 1 diabetes and is insulin dependent. He had a seriously injured foot and was using crutches to walk. He is a member of the Barona Indian tribe, and his nickname is Bear. There is a $50,000 reward to anyone that can lead them to information regarding Elijah's whereabouts. If you have any information about the disappearance of Elijah Running Bear Diaz, please call the El Cajon Police Department at 619-579-3311. There's really not a whole lot of information on him why why would somebody 
want to harm this individual who was not a threat to anyone else because he was a type 1 diabetic he probably wasn't be and, and his physical health he probably wasn't participating in in um you know he probably wasn't using recreational drugs mm-hmm. he probably wasn't doing a lot of drinking he was probably kind of homebound his mom brought him supper at four o'clock yeah yeah um and you know was this something that was just an opportune it was an opportunity that presented itself because he was disabled because he couldn't defend himself defend himself i mean he was small you know yeah. for well, for at five nine to weigh 110 pounds yeah that's pretty he's not pretty and, small. and also he was weak he, he was wouldn't weak. have been able to defend himself yeah or get away or get away or run yeah. away right and um you know maybe just the the tv and the um i mean the contents of a safe it, it was it was a it was a robbery right but why take him with? Well, in one glove and one sandal, it's just very, it's it's very strange. And like you said, why take him? Just take the stuff. Right. He's not going to be able to defend himself right. against against you. I mean, other yeah. than with a weapon, maybe. Um, and it's not clear. It, it it said his house. It's not clear if this was a house, a townhome. A, a, right. You know, I'm I'm of course not familiar with the area. Was this a busy a busy mm-hmm. street with a lot of houses, with a lot of... I'm, I'm not really sure. Hmm. It's just really sad. And a robbery, just take the stuff. Right. And he's mm-hmm. not... Other than if, you know, I mean, other than having a gun, but he would have been... It, he was in a... He was, he was not physically strong. Mm-hmm. So... And he would have been easy to injure. Yeah. In his fragile state. Mm-hmm. I think, first of all... It's upsetting that somebody could be that fragile at 20, be that physically sick from diabetes. Yeah. Um, and then the idea that somebody targeted them. But that's what predators do. Mm-hmm. They, they are watching for that individual that they can physically overpower. Right. And this was like a 50-inch TV. This wasn't... I mean, it was a big... It was a big TV, not something that he would have just been like, "Hey, I'm I'm up and leaving," you know. I'm right. I'm going out on my own, and I'm just going to take my right fifty inch TV. His with mom me. brought him supper. He, yeah. he he couldn't drive. No. He wasn't going anywhere. Mm-mm. And you'd think, I mean, maybe not, but you'd think that you'd notice somebody walking out of a place with a fifty inch TV. But we you have think. A, we have a history. I mean, I think that we have a a, a kind of a a. a I want to call it manners, but that we, it, it's a way of living that we don't get involved with other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear fighting and we don't call the police. We, this is, um, and, you know, snitches get stitches. Yeah. That, that there's just a lot of reasons why neighbors might not get involved or would not maybe say something if they knew. Right. That's why I was wondering, you know, I was I was interested to know, was this an apartment building? Was this a townhome? Was this a single-family home where, you know, there's space between houses where if he would have yelled or is this a busy street, would anybody have heard anything because it's a busy street? Or But, you know, um, and if that's true, the you don't say anything. Yeah. 
you know, there's there's one thing where you where we live here. Where we have some space and some protection. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like mm-hmm. that we have the ability to report something that we felt like might might not be appropriate or. Right. But when you don't have any resources and you live next door. Right. You you just wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not opening my mouth, and because it puts my family, mm-hmm. um, my property, at risk, and I'm not saying anything. Right. Because if they can get one, they can get another. Mm-hmm. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone podcast. What you got for us today? Well, Katie, today I have for you um, some weird facts about winter. Okay. Did you know that winter lasts for 21 years on Uranus? And also in international Falls, And also Minnesota. in northern Minnesota. <laughs> it lasts forever. <laughs> 21 years. Hmm. That just sounds like one, one winter season. A snowflake can take up to two hours to fall from a cloud to the ground. Wow. I had no idea. I didn't know that either. And how do they know that? I don't know. I don't know how they They tracked it from a cloud down to the ground. I don't know. I don't have any idea. The tallest known snowman was higher than a 12-story building. Holy moly. I mean, that is not a freestanding snowman. He had to be butted up against something because you... No. No. The first known candy canes were made without stripes. That's just a cane. That's not a candy cane. Were they red or were they white? Uh... That's a good question. I wouldn't say are they they're white, white with red stripes. Or are they red white, with white stripes? They're white with red stripes. Okay. Because if you suck on a candy cane long enough, the red will disappear and it the does. white will remain. Yes. Interesting. Hmm. 8,962 people made snow angels at the same time on the grounds of the North Dakota State Capitol in Bismarck. Oh. It's a world record. Wow. Well, gotta be known for something. That's more people than we have in our whole city. <laughs> <It is. laughs> the North Pole is warmer than the South Pole. Like always or now? Always. Really? They are much different in their temperatures. Huh. About 90% of snow is air. What? I know, I know. I'm not saying that these are true facts, but this is from the National Geographic for Kids. Because it was about my reading level. Kids don't believe anything. <laughs> Kids are suckers. <laughs> yeah, and so what I. does that mean? It's air. That I'm just. I'm I mean, of... when you think about the space of a snowflake. Yeah. There's a lot of empty spaces, and also, is that snow wrapped? Is there? Is it encompassing a pocket of air? Like condensation. On the I, air. I don't have Interesting. Hmm. It gets so cold in Serbia that your breath can turn to ice in midair. 
Holy moly. I don't know what that means. What, what turns to, what, I mean, what, when you breathe. It turns to particles or something? When you breathe out and, and here, you know, it's um, fog. What, what is it? What is that? What would that be called? Steam. I don't know. I don't know. But isn't that, isn't that the same thing? Well, when I don't know if it turns to ice. Is it like tangible? Like you can catch your breath? Like <laughs> in your hand, it's little ice particles or something? I'm Weird. so glad that you did the physical action of breathing into your hand <laughs> because well, that's the thing on a podcast well, that can you can see really us. see. Right. Right. It's the it's the, the 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 way that you animated your voice, and I think that's the best. <laughs> the average snowflake ranges from a size smaller than a penny to the width of a human hair, uh, with the width of a human hair. In 1887, witnesses in a snowstorm in Fort Fort Keel. That's K-E-O-G-H, Keogh, Montana, claimed to see a milk pan, quote-unquote, sized crystal fall from the sky. I don't know. So that would mean that the snowflake was around 15 inches wide. That would knock you out. <laughs> Could thunk just one. Why, why are all those people falling? Interesting. I mean, I, I, I'd like to see it. I love snowflakes. I'm not a snowball. Did someone just get hit by a snowball? Well, interestingly enough, sometimes <laughs> snowballs form themselves naturally, huh. falling from the sky because the rolling motion of wind and water. And this has happened along the Gulf of Ob, which I've never heard of. So again, this could all be made up. They can create uh, balls that are nearly three feet wide. That can't be true. Falling from the sky. Sometimes snowballs are, are form themselves naturally. That's what it says. So I can kind of believe that, though, because, like, when it snows here, mm-hmm. and it's that really heavy, wet snow, and it, and it is, like, thick. It is it is a little, like, it's like clunk. a quarter-sized snowball, really. It's like a clump. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe, I... Three feet. I mean, maybe not three feet, but I believe it to a certain extent. Yeah, I don't know for sure. <laughs> so more than 22 million tons of salt are used on U.S. roads each winter. That is 137 pounds of salt per person. That can't be good. It can't be. I don't think it is good. So you can hear thunder snow when the conditions are right. During a snowstorm, you can hear the rumble of thunder. And this usually happens near lakes. Huh. That's cool. Those were good. Those were very interesting. The next one is going to be weird facts about spring because I believe that we are... Transitioning from winter to spring. I mean, it has to happen eventually. Wow. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. You never know. I think that time is changing within the next two weeks or it something. Is. It and, is. And um, so we're going to spring ahead. So I'm going to yes. spring ahead emotionally. Awesome. So I have funny tweets about pandemic eating habits. Oh, there's nothing funny about that. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> Chunky monkey is my life. <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies were once a soothing snack at the beginning of quarantine. They have now progressed to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Is inability to stop eating a symptom of coronavirus? Yes. It's it's definitely a symptom of quarantine. It's definitely a symptom of quarantine. Yeah. Remember when everyone used to say the key to losing weight was eating more meals at home? response is perfect. It's not. It's, it's not. not. It's uh-uh. not. Nope. Nope. Restaurants don't make you fat. <laughs> food. Overeating food. Never stopping uh. eating of food and will make you fat. 
I never thought the apocalypse would involve so much eating. Honestly. Yes. And not good food. Not no. great food. Not, not, I, there's, I know people that are making, like, dishes. They're going through the alphabet making f- dishes from other countries. Oh, starting yes. with A, right? And, and I'm like. Do you want Lucky Charms or do you want Fruit, fruit Loops tonight? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's not like, I mean, it's, I mean. Wow. It's impressive, but that's not happening in my house. Not mine either. No. Quarantine day 19. Who ate half this tray of brownies? Me. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm going to eat the other half. They won't see the light of day. (laughs) Text from my boss. Can you be on a Zoom meeting with with the rest of the team in an hour? Me eating ice cream in the bath. If I move a few things around, I should be able to. <laughs> like my butt from the tub. <laughs> Eating ice cream in the bathtub, which actually is brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, you stay for kids, warm for kids, especially. Yeah. You just, you just. If it drips, no big deal. Right. No big deal. Right. You just, you just wash it off. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm eating a lot of crap during this quarantine. I'm just saying that my belly button has begun to socially distance itself away from the rest of my body. <laughs> my innie is now an outie. <laughs> That's gross. Uh, I like to wear my mask inside to keep me from eating. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. You know, you can't... I, I, I bet my husband that... I bet my husband that I could knit while walking on the treadmill. And I won. But it's a bad idea. Oof, you stab your eye right out. That is dangerous. I mean, I have enough trouble walking on it <laughs> when I'm just walking. I can barely, like, walk and I think I was... I think it actually might have been running. I was oh running gosh. on the treadmill. And, I mean, it's... it's. I mean, the things that you'll do to win a buck. <laughs> but at my house, we have the, bu- the bills that... The dollar bills that David has won. Oh, sure. And the dollar bills that I have won play strategically to... <laughs> to, to Annoy yep. the other spouse mm-hmm. um, as like a constant, constant challenge. As a constant um, irritation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we do at my house. <laughs> my wife, time to do dishes again. Me eating spaghettios out of a gravy boat. Why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? This gravy boat works fine. A gravy boat works fine for yeah. Cheerios. Can I just say, uh, no, SpaghettiOs. You said SpaghettiOs? SpaghettiOs, yeah. Because uh, it goes right down the little, little spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there have more, been more dishes washed during COVID than any time before. Honestly. I bet. I, every single day. I believe it. I have to run the dishwasher. Yes. And I don't, I'm like, well, is there somebody coming into my house and just messing up our dishes? Yes. Because I'm like, well, how can you, how can two people yeah. go through? I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And laundry. Laundry. I feel like I'm doing my laundry, which makes no sense. Because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, I got yoga pants and socks. Right. Once right. one, one sweatshirt, you just turn that sucker inside out. And you're right. Good. You're right. good for the rest of the week. <laughs> I've revealed too much. <laughs> Day 14. Apparently, my persistent dry cough was just from lying back, lying on my back in bed eating Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> just getting those crumbs stuck in there. <laughs> getting 
caught in a fold in your neck. <laughs> I don't. I the idea. Well, that is that. That's depression right there. <laughs> uh, that's something that you might want to talk to somebody about because. Well, it's probably not good. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it does make you laugh though, because. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The hardest part of quarantine is waiting to eat the good snacks until the kids aren't around. Here's the thing. They're always around. <laughs> yeah. They don't go anywhere. No. And they can hear. They will find you. A rapper. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like a dog. Yeah, or a cat. Yep. I would say a cat can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. There's a certain, there's a, there's a, the, the door on the cupboard that goes to the cat treats. Now it's the same kind of doors. Every sure. other door in the house. But that specific door, if that door gets open, which can hold all the Tupperware, sure, <laughs> the cat comes running and <laughs> ready to, and just ready to attack. Just ready for a treat. Right. right. I'm eating an apple without cutting it into slices first because quarantine has made me rugged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rugged like that. <laughs> Last night I saw a young woman strolling in Prospect Park eating Ben and Jerry's straight from the pint, and I bowed my head in respect. That's what you have to do. Well, I mean, it's COVID. Right. <laughs> right. Just saw my four-year-old eat a banana like corn on the cob. So, yes, quarantine has changed us. <laughs> That's not how you eat a banana. <laughs> I wouldn't say I've been overeating. No, I'd argue I've been eating exactly the right amount necessary to deal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and to get close to bursting at the seams, which I didn't even know I had. <laughs> Quarantine day whatever. I have started putting different names on the lunches in the fridge and then eating them just to feel like I'm in the office. <laughs> Here, Kevin. That was a delicious sandwich that you made. <laughs> this is my 11sies. <laughs> Noonsies, onesies, and twosies. <laughs> this is my last one. That's great you learned three new hobbies during quarantine, which included candle-making Susan. I learned how to eat double my own body weight and snacks, so samesies. <laughs> You've got candles, I have diabetes. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. 